in the name of Jesus, amen. So, what are you really good at? What is your craft? We find pride in a job well done. We identify ourselves with our work, especially when we love what we do or have a high sense of duty about it. We find identity in our work. The same is true for Peter and other disciples of Jesus. They are fishermen. That's their craft. And they're supposed to be really good at it. But when they go out fishing, they fail miserably. They catch nothing. Their nets empty. The Apostle John paints for us a bleak picture of these expert fishermen who on their own fail to supply their need in spite of their best efforts. It is a picture of life without Jesus. But then Jesus appears to them by the sea and everything changed. He tells them to cast the net and lack turns into abundance. The fishermen were not able to haul the net in because of the quantity of fish. An empty net turns into one full of fish for the disciples to drag ashore. And we are told that eventually Peter himself hauled a net full of large fish. The Apostle John now paints for us a picture of life with Jesus. When Jesus enters the scene and his disciples heed his voice, we see these fishermen overwhelmed with God's abundant supply. Their nets filled with food. Jesus makes all the difference. What does it take to become a disciple of Jesus? It takes change, a change of identity. At the sea, the disciples have not yet seen their lives in terms of faith, belief in Jesus, of knowing Jesus fully. They still find their identity in themselves, in their wandering, in their best efforts, so much so that when Jesus stood on the shore by the sea, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. For John, that's code language for saying that the disciples are in the dark and they have yet to see the light. But then Jesus speaks to them. Do you have any fish? And gives them a command. Cast the net. Wandering disciples now heed the words of Jesus and see the fulfillment of his word in the amazing catch. The apostle John himself then recognized Jesus and tells Peter about it. It is the Lord. The light came on. Their eyes now open. They now know Jesus. 
What happens at the sea gives us a picture of belief in the Son, in whom there is abundant life. In John's Gospel, creation becomes a sacrament, a sign of a spiritual reality, pointing to an act of the Spirit of God upon us. To become a disciple of Jesus, one must go from being in the dark to seeing the light, from blindness to knowing, from death to life, a change, from seeing with the eyes of the flesh to seeing with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Their eyes open, the disciples now find their identity in the Lord. Jesus finds them, and they find themselves in Jesus. Which means becoming a disciple of Jesus is tough business, a change of identity, a dying to self in order to know Jesus and make room for his call in our lives. Follow me. Such a change is never easy. Peter finds out he has to face his priorities anew. Jesus asks him, do you love me? Three times. Do you love yourself or other things more than Jesus? So Jesus asks us the same question. Because you see, love wanders and needs refocusing. And so Jesus calls us to die to our misplaced, wandering love, and invites us to confess our love for him again and again and again, three times. Three times, which really means your whole life, doesn't it? A disciple always returns to the cross, where the groom asks the bride, do you love me? And we acknowledge our lack, our being in the dark, our lack of trust. And then the groom invites us to declare our love for him, to know him anew, to believe in him. And we now have everything we need abundantly. You know I love you, Lord. What does it take to become a disciple of Jesus? A change of identity. Finding ourselves in Jesus. Now in dying to self, we make room for others too. Heeding the call of Jesus to follow him means casting nets out in the world God so loved, praying for the Spirit to bring about a miraculous catch for those in the dark to see the light, for those ignorant to know Jesus and come from death to the fullness of life. Feed my sheep. But before that, Peter needs to be fed by the Good Shepherd himself. We have a wonderful picture in our text of disciples having a meal with their Lord, a picture of communion, of fellowship. 
with Jesus. And only then, Jesus calls Peter to feed others. That meal with the risen Lord must have been a memorable one. Ask me about a somewhat important day in my life, and I have a hard time remembering it. Tell me what I ate that day, and I'll tell you what happened. A good disciple remembers to have fellowship with Jesus, to eat at the Lord's table, where we eat the bread of life, the bread from heaven, where we eat his flesh and drink his blood, where belief in the Son is created and strengthened, and we are nourished. We eat to get nourished. We do not eat to get fat and lazy. Filled with Christ's abundant gifts, we then feed others. Share the Easter goodies with a hurting, dying world around us. For Peter, feeding the sheep. For faculty, feeding the students. For students, well, perhaps you are hungry and want more nourishment before you're ready to feed others. For those of you close to receiving vicarages and internships, and especially for those ready to receive calls and placements this month already, perhaps you're feeling quite full and are ready, eager to go out and feed somebody. The time will come soon enough. As you feed others, remember to never rely on your own resources, like the disciples who fail miserably at the sea without Jesus. Before you cast your nets out there, remember to go back to Jesus again and again and again to confess, yes, your lack of love for him, but also to declare anew your love for him. Remember to go back to him for nourishment, that you may be strengthened to trust in him as you heed his call, that you may find your identity in him alone. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Four hundred.